Welcome to Bible Baptist Church Sunday evening. We're excited about you listening. I've got some church news I want to go over. Um, some of our activities, of course, our monthly activities have been canceled until further notice. I wanted to make sure you knew that. And we're going to try to do a visual service Wednesday. And from then on, we'll do a visual service. So you'll be able to see and you'll be able to hear the music and all that. So the only three things we're trying to keep and we'll have to figure out if we can do this later is the ladies tea in May and vacation Bible school in the summer and summer camp. But everything else is temporarily closed. I wanted you to know that <clears throat> and make your schedules for that. Um, I also wanted to give you some updates on some of the people in our church that have had some surgeries. Um, Virginia, Dorcas, Priscilla, and Kay are all recovering from surgery and doing well at home. Also keep Daniel Bishop in your prayers. He has a tooth issue. He needs to get settled and um, get that worked on. And I know that he would appreciate your prayers with that. On a lighter note, let's go over some <clears throat> birthdays that we have. Um, yesterday was uh, Maddox Taylor's birthday. And then on April 1st, Mandy Barnett and Charlotte Taylor are both having a birthday. So Larry and Johnny, make sure you buy some gifts for that. And then their happy anniversary goes out to Alan and Teresa. Tomorrow is their anniversary. If you want to drop them a note or call them, you could do that. On a, again, a, a lighter note, the church has saved a bunch of money on our mints. Um, pray for the Templeton boys and their, and their mint withdrawals. We'll try to drop off some at their house this week so that they'll be better for that. Um, I can neither confirm or deny this, but rumor is Wayne Cowden has a goatee. So if you see him out and about, look twice. Please keep us posted on this current event. <clears throat> Tomorrow is a big reveal for Brandon and Shasta. Watch Facebook to find out if they're having a boy or a girl. Keep an eye out for this breaking story. And so you make sure you do all those things. You pray for the church. There's a lot of things going on. And I know people would appreciate it, especially pray for, pray for Daniel that that tooth will, will, will get fixed and properly done so i know that he would appreciate it. let's turn our bibles to the book of philippians paul is my favorite person to study in the new testament of course he wrote more books in the new testament than anybody but we're going to talk about paul's heart how do you get paul's heart philippians chapter 4 and we're going to read some verses on this but i want to before we get into what my main part of my message is i want you to look at a couple verses um, if there's one, there's a couple things that we need. We need peace and we need strength. And we need our supplies met. Right now, that's a pretty rough thing to do <clears throat> as you go to the store sometimes. The things that we need, we can't find. But we sure can have some peace with us if we do this. Look at verse number 9 in Philippians chapter 4. It says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and look at this next part, and the, and the God of peace shall be with you. Aren't you thankful that the God of peace will be with you? And when the God of peace is with you, you'll have peace. And then go to verse number 13, probably the most common verse in this, and it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We need Christ's strength right now. Um, and it also says the word all things. Now remember this, that that verse, it clearly is distinctive that it's nothing contrary to the Word of God. We can't do all things. We can't go out and sin and say it's through Christ. But we can understand that anything we're doing in the right magnitude or the right aspect of our life, 
we can do all things through Christ, and He's the one that's going to strengthen us. And then I like, I like verse number 19. <clears throat> if you study verse 19, it says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're either going to believe it or you're not. You're either going to believe that He can supply your, your, your needs or you're not. And I like how the, some of the words are, and I always point this out to people. I think Paul was talking to the, the church of Philippi, and he understood that their, their faith wasn't as strong as his. Because if you look at two words in this verse, it says, but the next one, my God. Paul says, my God shall supply all. It didn't say my need. It said your need. It did not say, but your God shall supply all your need. It says, but my God, Paul's God, shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He'll give us exactly what we need when we need it. Thank God for the peace, the strength, and the supplies that God gives us. <clears throat> well, today we're going to talk about Paul's heart, but you can't get to Paul's heart without understanding Paul's mind. Um, your mind is a powerful thing. I was talking to Brother Bruce Fry about music, <clears throat> and he said it's very interesting. You can manipulate people so easy with music because our brains are very easily manipulated. He said he could play some music and the music without any putting any words to it could make you cry. It could make you scared. And it could tell you suspense. It could make you happy. Your mind truly is powerful. Let's look at the first part of this chapter. Go to the first verse in Philippians chapter 1 and let's see <clears throat> what it says about your mind. <clears throat> Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and my crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. This tells you that we need to do what God wants us to and stand fast. But then if you go to verse number two, it says, I beseech you, Odious, and beseech syndicate that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Paul is, is sitting here and saying, listen, we've got to think the same way. We've got to do the same thing. We've got to feel the same way when it comes to the Lord. Then it says in verse number three, it says, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the, in the gospel, with Clement also and with the and with other my fellow laborers whose names are not in the, or whose names are in the book of life. Verse number four says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Here Paul is writing this, and we all know this. He's writing this while he's in jail. He says, Listen, no matter what happens, we just need to rejoice. Talked about this a little bit this morning. We need to pray, praise the Lord for what he's done. But then he comes in verse number five, and you're going to see the, the, the mind coming back into it. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Look at that word known. That's what people think. That's what people think about us. Let our moderation <coughs> be known unto all men. <coughs> verse number six says, be careful for nothing. But everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. This is what God thinks. You know, we've got to understand our mind is a very powerful thing. Verse number seven sometimes is quoted, and sometimes we forget some of the words in here. It says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Isn't that a great thing that we have the peace of God? But when we have the peace of God, the Bible says, Paul writes to him, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Something about that keeping, because we have a world that's trying to destroy our hearts and our minds. And then, of course, in verse number 8 is our listing, and we'll look at it later. It says, finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, 
think on these things. So to get Paul's heart, you must understand his mind. If you can't control your mind, your mind will affect your heart. If I were to tell you um, about thinking about somebody, what you think about is who you are. So if I were to say this to you, I want you to think about a person, and, and I'm going to give you some words, and I want you to think about that person. Don't say their name out loud, especially if it were somebody. But if, if I were to say loud and boisterous, what person would you think of? If I were to say lazy, what person would you think of? If I were to say calm, what person would you, would you think of? If I were to say a gossip, what person would you think of? But if I were to say the word spiritual, what person would you think of? See, when you think about that person, why you think of these words with them, it's by what you know about them. It's about who they are. Sometimes our aspects of people are wrong. But for the most part, we know who people are. If you were to compliment a lady in this year, 2020, what biblical name would you give her would be a compliment? <clears throat> Ruth, Esther, Mary. Most Baptist people don't name their baby girls Delilah, Rahab, Jezebel, even the name Bathsheba. And I want to say this on my thought with Bathsheba, I didn't think she did. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But she was following David's lead. We don't call, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have a, a child and say, this is, my, this is my child Jezebel. That even sounds funny to even think about that. If you were to compliment a lady, <clears throat> what verses would you use? I think the first verse, you, the first passage of Scripture as a, as a Christian would be Proverbs chapter 31. And that's the virtuous lady. So let's look at some of these two words and go to, go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And I want you to see these things and I'm going to kind of apply these things in, in aspect of what they are. It says, finally, brethren, <clears throat> whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. <clears throat> There's two words at the very end of that that sometimes we overlook. You know, we, we go over the listing, we understand that there's six words that, and actually there's seven words that we use. The second one, the last one has two words to give it the emphasis it needs. But we overlook the last part. If there be any virtue or if there be any praise. And then it says, think on these things. <clears throat> As we look at these, what is virtue and what are praise? Um, virtue, a course of thought, feeling, an action. You know, it, it's funny how sometimes we don't think things affect us, but they do. I remember when I was dating my wife, <clears throat> we were watching a show on our, in, in, at my house, and, and we were watching, it was an old Chinese show where um, it was a karate show, and I'm not into karate or anything, but I was watching the video, and we got done watching it. <clears throat> when it got all said and done, my wife was looking the other way. And I, I'll never forget this. I, 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 I don't know when the last time I have ever said, hi -ya. 
but I remember doing hayah, and when I did that, I moved my left arm up with a fist and moved it towards her and stopped, and she was looking the other way. Little did I know, when I did that, she looked my direction, and I popped her right in the nose. I really can't imagine ever doing that now. I don't watch that, that, those movies, and, and when I do, do they affect me? Everything around us affects us. A virtuous course of thought, feeling, and action. These things will adversely affect us. <clears throat> Another thing they say with virtue is a moral goodness. What does that mean? It means something that is morally correct. We have things that affect us all the time and we just think, oh, we can handle it. What about this? The next part of this says, any particular moral excellence as modesty or purity. My Bible tells me, <clears throat> Paul, he's going through all these things. And remember these other verses. He's saying, you know, the God of peace shall be with you and, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Remember all these things, we've got to make sure that we think about the right things. Because when we think about the wrong things, it changes our perspective. <clears throat> we look and we watch the news, and, and I, would, I would do this. If you want to watch the news, watch the news, but watch it in set time. Say, listen, I'm going to watch for 15 minutes. I'm not going to let this thing bother me I sit there and watch it and then all of a sudden I get mad at myself I get mad at what people are saying someone's lying there and it affects me there's no virtue in it we sometimes want to if we listen to it long enough we'll figure out what's wrong we'll figure out the world's problems <clears throat> that's not what God wants us to do God wants us to live in our world and promote him to the people that we see and the only way we can do that is by putting good things in. Not bringing, bringing filth in, not bringing um, rumors in, not bringing speculation in. Think on these things of virtue. If there be any virtue, if there be any moral goodness, if there be any moral excellence, we need to think on these things. We need to understand a virtuous course of thought, feeling, and action. This is what God wants us to do. Paul understood that. That's how he could write this while he was in prison. He says, listen, at the very end of the day, you've got to think on the right things. And not only do you need to think on the right things, it says if there be any praise. That's what our lips say to people. <clears throat> the, the word praise means condem, uh, uh, commendation, to approve officially. You know, one thing we've seen in America this, these last couple of weeks is something I never thought we'd see. No sports. I mean, I was watching a race the other day and I didn't even realize it wasn't even a real race. It was a virtual race. They're showing football games from two years ago. I guarantee you some of these um, um, sports channels, they have no idea what to do. But my Bible says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what I am saying, what I, what I need to communicate with people I need to pick it up a notch and show them that the praise shouldn't be to me, it should be to God. And I should think on the right things rather than the wrong things. Remember, you are how you think. Now let's just put this where everybody can understand it. 
I were to ask everybody listen to this, do you think you should watch what you eat? Everybody in the, that would be listening to this would say, yes, I need to watch what I eat. Now, if I were to ask the second question, do you watch what you eat? Hmm. I don't know about you, but I have weaknesses. I like sweets. And as we look at, look at that, <clears throat> I know I'm not supposed to eat them all. And the older I get, the things that I have to restrict more, I, I, don't, eat, I don't drink caffeine after 5, 5 p.m. anymore. I used to be able to drink Mountain Dew right before I go to bed, and it wouldn't affect me. It does now. It keeps me awake. But how we think about our diet is who we are. What about exercise? <clears throat> if I were to ask you, do you think you need to do exercise at least two or three times a week? I guarantee everybody on this other side of this microphone would say, yes, I need to do it. But do you do it? Why do we not do it? Because that's sometimes how we think. How you think is reflected on what you see and what you hear. And remember this, <clears throat> your mind is very powerful. Have you ever <clears throat> thought of something bad about somebody because you thought wrong? Here Paul's in prison, and, and prison in biblical times was a very rough thing. If the, he didn't have any support, he probably would have died there. But his biggest support is found in verse number 19 as he's writing this, but my God shall supply all your need. He's concerned about other people's needs when he has needs himself. He also says in the verse that we just looked at, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's pretty unnerving when you look at this in context of when he wrote this. Man, I can do this. I can get through this prison. I can understand that I can get this and I can do it, but I can only do it through Christ, and He's the one that's going to strengthen me. Because if I try to do it myself, through my mind and my heart, it won't, it'll only take me so far. But then there's that verse number nine, is those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. You know, there's something about having that God of peace with you. But I don't know if you noticed what verse number nine said. It says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen. Now look at the next two words. In me, comma, do. He's putting his neck out and he's saying, listen, I want to tell you, this, this list I just gave you, if you will do this, it will make a difference. And you can go through this and you can understand the God of peace will be with you. He'll take you where you need to go. And as you continue reading, <clears throat> what about verse number 11? Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. <clears throat> We've got to understand that God, that God knows who we are and he'll give us what we need to be. We just need to put good things in to get good things out. And to show you Paul's character, Paul's character is wrapped up in verse number 17. As he writes the church of Philippi he writes in verse number 17 not because I desire a gift but I desire fruit that may abound to your account here again he's in prison he can do all things through Christ which has strengthened him he's talking about God shall supply your need according to his riches he's saying you can have the God of peace but in verse number 17 he says not because I desire a gift but I desire fruit that may abound to your account at some point in Paul's life, he forgot who he was. 
and he remembered why he was on this earth. Because before the light shone down in front of him on the Damascus Road, he was all about himself. <clears throat> he was there, Stephen's killing. and He was all about doing what he felt was right. But by verse 17 of Philippians chapter 4, it wasn't about what he could get, not because I desire a gift, but it was about what he could do for others. But I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Folks, let me tell you something. If you want fruit in your life, you better listen to what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4. I want to go over this list. Now, <clears throat> I want you to see this. And I want you to really think this week as you're going through step by step, day by day, and you're watching the news and this, this many, these many people have got this, this many people have died from it. And I, again, I don't underestimate what's going on. It's a very big thing. But you can get wrapped in it so deep that you can't get out of it. When Paul writes in, in Philippians chapter 4, look at the first word in verse number 8. Finally. I want to hit one more word that's, that's repeated through there. I remember... Um, working with some teenagers and one of them had an attitude and I told I was telling him at one point I said listen you need to do what's right and he made this statement he said whatever if I could only show you exactly what happened to him as his life progressed the wrong direction the word whatever and whatsoever are two different words but I want you to think about this as we look at this as he's wrapping this up he says finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things whatsoever thing all the things that you need to think about <clears throat> if they have any virtue if they have any praise it says think on these things let's look at this list and i'm going to give you definitions of these so you understand what you're supposed to be looking for this week the bible says whatsoever things are true the word true is <clears throat> loving the truth speaking the truth truthful you know it's amazing to me how many people don't know the truth anymore we've got to get back to understanding what are true things i don't know how many of you out there <clears throat> like to drink drinks and i like snapples i've always liked snapples ever since they came out i think they have the best peach tea ever well this week i, I bought a snapple and on the, on, the, on the lid of a Snapple, if you open it up, they always have little um, real facts on them. <clears throat> when I was reading this, the fact on this Snapple that I'm holding in my hand, I was sad and I was happy as I read it. And I'll explain why. Fact number 1427 says this. The Bible is the world's most blank book if you were to put a word in there most truthful book most righteous book mo i mean you could put a lot of different words in there and i thought man that that's a that's a great word but here's what the word was it says the bible is the world's most shop lifted book <clears throat> now i'm happy that people want the book but i'm saddened to know that people are stealing the book in fact, you can go to the Ten Commandments and thou shalt not steal. It's the most shoplifted book of all books. Now, I don't know if it's just because of the magnitude of how many there are, 
but it tells me that people are looking for something. What we need to do is we need to look for things that are true, not something that, that's false, not something that could be manipulated in my direction. It needs to be true. The next thing it says, it says, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? To regard or treat with reverence <clears throat> for character, for character of persons, for character of deeds. You ever, have you ever been around somebody that's not honest? Would you leave a $20 bill out for somebody like that? Honesty sometimes is thrown out the window. We've got to understand that God wants us to think Finally, my brethren, think on these things. We've got to think on the true things. We've got to think on the honest things. The word just. The word just says what sort of things are just. Just means righteous, observing divine laws, keeping the commandments of God, innocent, faultless, guiltless, approved of, or acceptable of God. Is that what we're thinking about? I mean, this last week, how many times did you think of true things and honest things and just things? We're inundated with all this information. Sometimes it can just go over, it can overwhelm us. It can discourage us. But God wants us to think on the right thing. When I think of these words, you know, true, honest, and just, man, guiltless and faultless and innocent, I'm keeping the commands of God. Those are great things to think about. Those are things, as, as you think about, will uplift you. The fourth one, it says, what sort of things are pure? <clears throat> pure from carnality, modest, pure from, from ever fault. And I like this last word. It's just one word. It's clean. We've got to get back to understanding what's pure. If I took a, a <clears throat> quart of water and poured it in a glass for you and said, I want you to drink it, and I'm only going to just put two pieces of arsenic in it, I'm going to stir it around. You might get it. You might not. Would you drink it? Everybody in this room, everybody in this room, everybody listening to this would say, no, I wouldn't drink that. Why? Because it's not pure. There's some faults in it. Man, I'm thankful we have a God that's pure. I'm thankful that we have a God that is clean. And you know what? You can have friends that are clean. You can have the right kind of attitude that is that is pure we need to get back to understanding that god wants us to think on these things the, the the next the last one is lovely what sort of things are lovely that's acceptable <clears throat> pleasing you almost get the so we we put so many things in our mind in our in our life that discourages us i've never understood one aspect of people that are alcohol alcoholics <clears throat> if you talk to them they'll say they're an alcoholic because they need something that will make them feel better i'm depressed all the time so i have to drink alcohol that that doesn't make any sense because alcohol is a depressive it's not going to make you happy <clears throat> it's going to make the alcoholic miserable but yet they keep keep coming back to it keep coming back to it We've got to get back as a Christian looking at things that are true. Looking at things that are honest, just, pure, lovely. The last one is this, of good report. I was writing these down. This is what it came across, and the answer was this. Is sounding well. <clears throat> uttering words. Of good omen, speaking favorably. 
Where are we at with these six things? My wife and I were talking today. She, we were at the house, and she looked over at the piano, and she said, do you ever have a desire to play the piano? And then a world of emotion came upon me when I was thinking about my experience with the piano. <clears throat> I grew up, I graduated in 1984. I took piano lessons for seven years. Five of those seven years were, were literally miserable years of my life. I would share things with my, my mom with what I was going through with my piano teacher and I think she just thought I was just a, <clears throat> a boy making up the story so that I would not have to play the piano, which I, I loved playing the piano at that time. But I can honestly say as I look through all these words, when I think of piano lessons for those five years, I don't think of anything that was true. I don't think anything that was honest, just, pure, lovely, good rapport. Or I had a piano teacher that was very hard on me. And come to find out that she was only hard on me and another, and she had hundreds of students. And I kept telling my mom, and she would say, you're just, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. It got to the point where she was hitting me with the ruler and telling me, put my hands down, put my, my wrists down, and sit up straight. She'd whack me in the back. And I kept telling my parents that and telling my parents that, but they would just look at me and say, this just does not make any sense. Because everybody else had her in high regard. She had a lot of accomplishments. And yet, whenever I would get there, I would practice and practice and practice the piano. And I would do really well with it. <clears throat> and then when I would get to our concerts, just seeing her would make me nervous and I'd fall apart. I was a better piano player than my sister, but when it came to recitals, she sounded ten times better than me. Many years passed, and I, I would remember when I'd go up those steps, and I remember how many steps there were. That's my OCD coming out at me. Many steps there were to go up those stairs to get the piano lesson for five years and how many times I would tell my mother. So many times my mother would just say, no, that, just, that probably did not happen. You're making that up so you don't want to take piano lessons. Later on, my dad would go to her funeral. Now, my dad did not know anything about this. But I remember <clears throat> the piano teacher's husband came up and said, my dad's name is Norm. He said, Norman, I want to talk to you, and pulled him off the side. He made this statement. He said, I don't know what it was about your son, but my, my wife hated him, and I want to apologize to you for the way he, she, treated, she treated him. To my dad, that was, it didn't mean anything. But when he told me, it justified what I was trying to say. And sometimes it, as a child, you think, am I even seeing this? Am I thinking the right things? Have I made this all up in my mind? And then those emotions come out. Because the way you think about things is who you are. So if you don't think about true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and good rapport, you're not being a Christian you need to be. You're thinking about bad things. You're thinking about aspects of <clears throat> life that you can't change. But you know what I sure can I can put good things in my brain. And if I put good things in my brain, good things will come out. Whatever you put in, it will come out. And I was reflecting upon that, and I've used this story before, but I remember driving my car, and my little daughter at the time, Megan, she's my oldest right now, not little anymore, 
But I remember driving down the road and we were at, I can still remember to this day where we were. We were in a mall area and I, I was pulling, I was driving in front of the mall and some guy pulled out in front of me. And I'll never forget this because when you put things in, things come out. And I'll never forget this as, as, as I look back. I, I was about ready to say, and I, and I said the word, you, and here's a child that's about two and a half years old, three years old in the back, finished my sentence. And it went about like this. Driving down the road, a guy pulls out, I said, you, and before I could say anything else, in the back seat, a little girl said, knucklehead, and yelled it. And as a, as a parent, I was appalled at my child. And I thought to myself, what are you doing? Why did you say that? And, and I remember, as God is my witness with this, he was looking down upon me, and I could feel his rod and his staff. And he was saying to me, he said, what was the next word out of your mouth? <laughs> and the next word out of my mouth was the word that came out of her mouth. Now, she would never have said the word knucklehead. But you know where she got that from? She got it from me. I had put this thought process in her mind. And she even knew when to use it. She didn't just go around saying that word. She knew it was a word that I used when I was mad about something. Why? Because I put it in her mouth, in her brain. Whatever you put in, it will come out. So watch what you think about. <clears throat> are you thinking about things that are true? Are you thinking about things that are honest? Are you thinking about things that are just? Are you thinking about things that are pure? Are you thinking about things that are lovely? What about good rapport? So often in our lives, we'll sit there and we'll watch the news for two hours and we can't figure out why we're mad when it's all over. Folks, limit that. Get in your Bible. Read your Bible. Find some things to be, that you can meditate on that will make you happy. You say, well, you just don't know what I'm going through. Well, I don't know what Paul went through, but he was in jail when he wrote Philippians, and he wrote this, and he said, all these things, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, it wasn't about the sports team. It wasn't about my, my favorite show. It was about anything that these things existed in. True, honest, just, pure, lovely, good rapport. At that point, he says, listen, if there be any praise, let's praise on those. And then the last statement in this verse says this. Think on these things. Folks, what are we thinking about? The world right now is in turmoil. If we think just like them, we're no different. Now, I'm not saying you have to have a smile on your face wherever you go. But I am saying you've got to think, use this process the right way. Find something good and go after it. What you put in is what you're going to get out. And be very careful because as we talked about this morning, many people are watching this. They want to see how we're going to react to this. How are we going to react to this, this sickness? How are we going to react to this economy? How are we going to react to the, the um, political aspects of this? We've got to get back to thinking what Paul said. Look at this, the first word. Finally, brethren. If we are brethren, we finally need to get this. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. 
Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good rapport. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And when you think on these things, guess what? You'll have a God of peace. You'll have the strength that Christ will give you to get all things done. and He'll supply all your needs according to his riches. But we've got to get back and watch how our mind reacts to things. It will get better. And until it gets better, we've got to fight through this. Understand this battle, you're not on your own. Here at Bible Baptist Church, if you have a problem, you give us a call. We'll do anything we can to help you. If you have issues with getting food or getting supplies, give us a call, we'll do it. I know, I think I speak for Daniel and I speak for myself and my family. If we can go out and get something for you, we will. But what I want you to do on your side of it is think on the right things. Find some good and stick to it. Don't get on the negative because if you get on the negative, it will only come out as a negative aspect in your life. People are counting on you to be a witness. People are counting on you to rise above the situation we're in. And again, I'm not underestimating what we're at, but I am telling you we need to look at it different. We need to think the right things. Lord, I thank you <clears throat> for the aspect of Paul. For here's a man that was in prison, and yet he writes all these things. He's, he's learned to be content, whatever state he is. How can he do that with everything that he's went through? Because I, I think if we were to be honest with ourselves, we have not went through anything that Paul's went through. May we understand the burden that he was carrying when he wrote this, so that we can understand the burden we're carrying and we can get through it by following the writings that he did. I want to thank you for his life, his testimony. As you study, his, study your word and how many books he wrote in the New Testament, how, much, how many things we can glean off of him. May we stay positive. May we understand that we've got we to find some virtue. And when we find virtue, we need to find praise. Lord, I thank you for the ability to find good and bad. And may we understand we need to have our mindset where we think on these things so that it doesn't affect our attitude, it doesn't affect our spirit, it doesn't affect our health. May we have the right mindset. May we think on the right things. May we be in the same mind. May we keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Thank you for what you're about to do. If there's someone in this area that's listening that doesn't know you as personal Savior, may they get that settled today. They might not understand anything that I'm saying. May they call or contact our, our ministry. May they understand that the only way to get to heaven is through Christ. And that's why we talk about the strength of Christ. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me and thank you for rising again. And thank you for putting, letting pen, Paul pen the stuff where we can see who we need to be. Guide us in ways only you can, and I thank you again, as so many oftentimes I've said, for loving me despite my faults. May I truly be a source of light to people around me. May I think on the true things. May I think on the honest things, the just, the pure, the lovely, and of the good rapport. May my life be embedded with positive thought processes that will change my life and my heart and those around me. 
Thank you again for what you're doing in our, in our lives. Be with us. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for listening to tonight. Hope everything is going well, and I did mean that. If you need anything, you please give the church a call. Leave a message. You can call me personally. You can call Daniel personally. We'll get what we need done for you. And it, nothing is too small, nothing is too large. Just give us a call, and we'll see what we can do. Thank you again for everything. Make sure you're here on Wednesday night. We'll have another service on Wednesday night. And I want to encourage you to be there. Start praying over these. And all these people that had birthdays and anniversaries, make sure you call them, drop them a note. Let's make this thing work, and let's be in this together. We love you. My wife loves you. I love you. And I, I'm looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us in the near future. And, and I want you to make sure that you know that we care for you. Have a great night. Bye.